This is the SB Live Washington podcast, your twice weekly conversation about high school sports across the state of Washington. Welcome to it. I'm Andy Bueller, your host and a reporter with SB Live. We're going to preview some of the top games in week five. We've got an exciting interview today. Later on, I'm joined by Central Valley standouts Luke and Zach Abshire. They're brothers. Luke's the quarterback at CV, who sits here at 4-0. and uh, Certainly a team to watch in the GSL, so stick around for that. If you're joining us for the first time, thank you and welcome. We are reporters covering prep sports across this state. You can find our statewide high school sports coverage at scorebooklive.com slash Washington, as well as the SB Live Sports app, which is free in your app store. There we have comprehensive uh, week five previews. We have updated class by class rankings and all class top 25 plays of the week, as well as uh, on Monday, I wrote a story on a kicker at 1A Le Center whose path to becoming a standout and jack of all trades started when he was challenged to try kicking a field goal at middle school recess. Uh, so great story. Uh, check that out. You can find it all uh, as well as some volleyball coverage you started to roll out, taking a look at the top 15 teams and some of the top players across the state. You can find all that, as I said, on the SB Live Sports app and at scorebooklive.com slash Washington. I'm joined, as always, by my co-pilot of this ship, the prodigal son of Tacoma. He's either your pal or mine, or nobody's pal, depending on the week. And he's the senior reporter with SB Live. Todd Millis, we're in week five. Before we get to our interview with the, the Abshires, how about we get into some picks? Let's do it. But they're not snap judgments, Andy. I've been thinking long and hard about some of these games. Come on. We're going to start with a great game. Uh, up north of Seattle in the Wesco 3A, the Wesco 3A game of the year. Marysville Pilchuck and Ferndale. Both are 4 0. It's a showdown of two great offenses, uh, two fantastic running backs in Dylan Carson of Pilchuck and Isaiah Carlson of Ferndale. I don't know if this game is going to last more than an hour and a half based on how much the ball is going to be run and how much clock is going uh, is going to be chewed in the process. Uh, Todd, what do you make of this game? I see Marysville Pilchuck coming off of a, a really strong, uh, impressive blowout of Glacier Peak at the 4A level last week. Um, I, I, I see the, the, the train rolling uh, over there in Marysville. I predict a 30-20 to 20 Pilchuck win. What's your prediction? I see Marysville Pilchuck winning as well. I don't know if it's going to be as easy for the Tomahawks offensive and defensive lines to dominate like they did last week. You know, there's, there's a, there's a fella up there in Ferndale named Landon Hatchett that you and I have seen up close. Uh, he, he plays on the line. He's a center. He's a long snapper. He's a really good football player. Uh, his brother is Garen Hatchett. Who's at the university of Washington. I suspect Andy that, uh, that Isaiah Carlson will probably and company. I just don't want to say it's the Isaiah Carlson show and company, I'm sure they will have a few more running lanes Friday night than maybe what Trey Lechner had last Friday night for Glacier Peak. But I still think that this is, this is, uh, this is a Glacier Peak team right now that's on a mission and hosting what very well could be the 3A Wesco Championship game at home. I, it gives them a little extra juice. I, I think the Tomahawks prevail. Uh, do you have a score prediction? I, I, I said 30 to 20. Uh, do, you, do you think it's going to be higher, lower scoring? Where are you at? I, 
think it's I think it's a touchdown. I think Ferndale hangs tight. I don't see anybody blowing out Ferndale, especially the fact that it, uh, possessions will probably be very limited in this game. Todd says one touchdown. Uh, I say ten points. Regardless, that's going to be a great game, and we'll have uh, a correspondent there uh, on site on Friday, so a lot to look forward to uh, there. Moving on, Bothell takes on Mount Sai. Uh, They're going to go to Snoqualmie for that one, the number five Cougars and the number 10 Wildcats. The Wildcats sit at 3-1 and one, uh, with that early loss against 3A Power Yelm, and Bothell is sitting here unscathed at four and oh is this the week that bothell the blue train sees its first loss todd what say you i don't see the blue train being derailed this weekend in snoqualmie it's interesting andy because we've covered these teams a fair share the the past couple years and we're just so used to the really good quarterback play the dynamic quarterback play um from the um Oh, you know, Andrew Sermon at, at Bothell, and then obviously uh, Kale Millen um, at, at Mount Si. This is a different era. Uh, this is, these are guys that are still have some ability, probably, probably, probably more game managers than we're used to for both of these teams. Um, I look at what Logan Lasio has done at, at Bothell as a game manager and playing a little more efficient right now than Avery Walker uh, they've got a really dynamic running back in Bryce Coy. Uh, I, I just, I really, I like the efficiency of this group. I know, not, I know neither team really has sort of a margin for error. They don't, they don't really have super dynamic playmakers. Now, Aiden Darty is really good at Mount Side, but I'm talking about collectively. I think this is going to be more of a button-up game, more of a let's pound it, let's let's control the football. And right now, I, I like the way Bothell's doing that. Um, they, came, they came off a kind of a shootout last week against North Creek, but uh, kind of put the clamps on them in the fourth quarter and came away with the win. I like the way this team is progressing. I like Tom Boehner and his approach with this team. I think Bothell is going to go to Mount Si and win a very close football game in the always competitive for you, Kinko. My score prediction for that game, I see Bothell 29, Mount Si 23, Mount Sai has this way, Todd, of hanging around in tough games. Uh, they've, of course, lost that early game to Yelm, but have, have collected wins. Uh, a crazy, crazy win over Post Falls a couple weeks ago, uh, and, and a good rally win over Skyline last week in kind of a high-scoring affair. Um, I don't think these Wildcats go down easy, and I don't see that being an exception, even against a team uh, in Bothell that knows how to take care of business. Uh, These two teams back in the spring decided the Metro League playoff champion. And O'Day came out on top, but of course, Seattle Prep had that early season win over the Fighting Irish, which was so momentous. Both of these teams, Todd, sit here in week five coming off of losses. O'Day in week three dropped a stunner to Lake Stevens. uh, And Seattle Prep, of course, went on the road last week and lost to Eastside Catholic. So the question is, who rebounds off of a loss better? Is it O'Day, who had you know two weeks to, to kind of wallow in, in, in that week three loss? Or is it Seattle Prep uh, that you know has experience in the last six months beating a team that it, hasn't beat, it hadn't beat in a really long time? Can Prep use its speed around the edges to replicate some of what Lake Stevens did offensively two weeks ago? Or does O'Day uh, kind of you know find a solve for some of those, uh, some of those holes uh, on its defensive side? What say you, Todd? O'Day, Seattle Prep. 
Yeah, I guess this is sort of a question of which team do I have the most confidence in right now? And I, I you know, it's it's been a long time since the Fighting Irish have dropped back to back games under Monty Kohler. I mean, Jason Brown's going to be the best player on the floor or best player on the field Friday. You know, I wish I had a little more confidence in Seattle prep. I have a lot of ton of respect for, for Aaron Maul and what, how he's built that program. You and I both have talked about quarterback Braden Smith a lot um, in both football and basketball. I think he's a dynamic playmaker, but you know, I, I just think right now Seattle prep, in terms of room of growth and improvement, this is a team that still needs a little bit of seasoning. Uh, I don't think it's ready right now to, to get on a football field and, and, and go toe to toe with Jason Brown, O'Day, that big offensive line, maybe in a few weeks uh, as they, as the Panthers sort of put this thing back together again with, with so many losses to graduation. But right now I, I don't see, I don't see O'Day losing this football game. In fact, I see O'Day winning it pretty convincingly kind of a 35 23 type couple touchdowns Andy man not too far off of my prediction 31 17 we'll be in the building at that game uh really looking forward to seeing how that plays out up next we got Mountain View and Kelso on Friday the game I'll be at Kelso really intriguing game Kelso hasn't beat Mountain View in years uh even you know in its own home and and that that home stadium at Kelso is such a great environment, and, and it's coming off a, a really big win last week, uh, where its offense, you know, completely came alive. Kelso has been has typically, uh, you know, put out defenses and, and just it just plays really, really tough. Of course, you know, Adam Matheson's uh, Thunder sit here at three and one. That one loss was to Union. That's a very understandable loss. Union's a ranked four A team and its district rival. Um, but this, you know, there's a lot hanging on this game. There's 3A Greater St. Helens League title implications. Head coach of Mountain View, Adam Matheson, could get his 100th win this week. Todd, what intrigues you about this game, and what's your prediction? Yeah, I, this is a really intriguing football game. Um, I, I like this Kelso team. We, we, we've, we've raved about the running back there as an as a up-and-comer, all-state-type tailback. It's just it's hard to go against the team, Andy, and I, I, I grapple with this over and over. When a team has has seen extended success at the league level for so long, like Adam Matheson and the Thunder have, it's just it's just so hard to bet against them. And I, I I'm not going to do it this week, as much as I like Kelso, and um, I just think Adam Adam Matheson knows how to win big games. Um, you're right. Their their only loss was to Union, and uh, I I think they continue their success and their dominance in the three A GSHL. In a game, I think they win by a touchdown at Kelso. It'll be interesting to see how how big those running lanes are for standout junior running back uh, Connor Noah and quarterback Hunter Latier coming off a huge week in that uh, big win over Prairie, uh, an impressive week four win. So uh, I'm really looking forward to that one. We'll see how it plays out here. Up next. Eastside Catholic goes at Garfield. Garfield sits here quietly at 4-0 in the Metro League. They've won every game in a blowout. Uh, can they challenge the streaking Crusaders? Eastside heard all of you. They heard us too. Uh, that said that they were dead and out uh, coming into this year. Coming off of a week two loss against Valor Christian on the road, a Colorado power, they lost 41-0 and rebounded with a really strong win against Seattle Prep last week. 
offense came alive in the first half. But can this Garfield team nip away at a Crusaders team that that you know doesn't maybe doesn't have the the four or the five stars that it did two years ago? What say you, Todd? I mean, good for Reggie Witherspoon, man. I mean, you and I have dealt a lot with Reggie since he took over in the past couple of years from an interim tag to a permanent tag. And, and uh, I like what he does there. I like how he utilizes his athletes you, quietly for now. That's a great way to say it, Andy, because, you know, in a very deep and talented Metro league, a lot of the talks about O'Day and Seattle prep and Eastside Catholic and even Rainier beach with Josh Connerly and all the, all the really good uh, guys they, they had come in in the off season. This Garfield team uh, I, I think we thought had a chance to be pretty good with that young group. We, it was a really young group and that young secondary. I, I felt like that secondary at Garfield was on our top 10 highlights every week last spring, making some big play. Uh, it, it's got to be an exciting time for, for, for Reggie and that group. Uh, again, I, unfortunately I was, I was at one of those, uh, I was at the Garfield covered that game with Eastside Catholic in 2019. So it's hard for me to get that image, um, that replay out of my mind. Um, I still think Eastside Catholic, I like that marriage that, that's going on there with, uh, you know, Brady McCallagher and, and, um, and uh, Michael Bumpus, uh, the former Wazoo and Seattle Seahawks wide receiver uh, who was at Monroe. He's in his first year, the offensive coordinator that, that short passing game seems to be working at Eastside Catholic, getting the football to their perimeter athletes. That defense I thought was fantastic last week against Seattle prep. Yeah. It's, it's hard for me to go against the crusaders this week, but I think Garfield will make it interesting. I think we'll be talking about this team in a loss uh, in a very positive manner. Uh, and that team moving forward. Garfield could make a big statement this week. You're right, Todd. I like Garfield hanging tough, but I think Eastside hangs on. My score prediction, 31-29. I think the Bulldogs are going to turn some heads. What say you? Wow. Yeah. Look, that that I'll tell you, that that would be a, you know, that would be a close enough game where I think people would go, "Whoa, Garfield. Man, that 4-0 start was legit." Uh, I think Eastside wins 34-21. Sorry, Bulldogs. I know it says two touchdowns, but sometimes that doesn't say the whole story. So, but I'm going 34-21. All right, moving over to the MCC. Two teams that have taken a couple of uh, licks early in this season. Chiawana, uh, which has uh, is coming off of a loss uh, at home to Union last week uh, by several touchdowns, goes on the road at Richland at Fran Rich Stadium. Both teams could really use a win here, Todd, in an MCC that is not going to get any less competitive as the season bears on. I think we're going to get a massive game from J.P. Zamora. I also think we're going to get another shootout. Uh, that Richland offense, uh, after it was shut out by Kamayakin a couple weeks ago, uh, responded in kind. Deacon Dice, Cameron Kitchens, uh, Elijah Rodriguez have that thing rolling. Uh, I see a Richland 35-33 win in a shootout. What say you? Yeah, this really feels kind of like a last stand for J.P. Zamora. We've been talking about him since he was a ninth grader. He's, he's orchestrated a lot of really good wins for, for that team and route to league championships and state playoff berths. But it's very interesting that we're talking about an early October game kind of being a really important game in a, in a really good league. But that's what happens when, when, when both teams lose convincingly to, 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 to Kamiakin and that, that league only getting two criminally only getting two 
berths to the state playoffs or in the yeah can we can we, can we underline can we underline and highlight criminally too because because that's just the nature of the mcc is that man two teams are getting in and we know year in and year out more than two teams are, are state playoff ready yeah and and those three contenders knew that um it just so happens that that both of them had lost to kamayakin and it, it sort of sets up this game at, at the bomber bowl it's the in fact it's going to be the last game at the bomber bowl before they shut it down from um they're gonna they're gonna be redoing that 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 home field for 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 Richland. Richland's gonna play the rest of its home games at Lampson Stadium. Um, but this is gonna be this is gonna be one to to kind of close down the bowl for a while. It's it, you're right. It, it feels like a last stand for JP Zamora. For whatever reason, it's been kind of hit or miss with with JP and some of those some of his targets. I I don't think Chiawana goes away quietly either. I think Richland wins the football game. I, I think Cameron Kitchens is, uh, you know, had the had the start against that Chiawana defense last year. Knows the unpredictability on on what angles, what different places that that defense likes to attack. So it's it has he has a game under his belt facing that defense, and I think that pays dividends on Friday night. I think Cameron Kitchens and that offense prevails. I agree. I think it's going to be 38-30 bombers. Lots of points on the board, for sure. I really like that. Uh, and I like MCC school scoring lots of points. I saw a lot of points. Kamayakin versus Chiawana. There were a lot of points on one side of the scoreboard with, uh, with uh, Kamayakin Richland. So moving along out east to the 1A Northeast League, we have a couple undefeated teams facing off here in Week 5. Riverside at 4-0 goes and plays at Freeman which is at 3-0 and coming off of a massive 38-0 win at Colville. Don't believe me? Why don't you listen to the words of head coach Ben Cochran after that win? Let's go, boys! Good job! Out of way! Here we go! Bring it on, Riverside! Let's go! Well, <laughs> I would have said the same. You know what? I, I just love that video. I love a coach that gets excited like that after a big win. And you go to Colville and you shut out, you shut them down, you shut them out on their home field. That is worth celebrating, Andy. Uh, that's a you know, nice to see some excitement uh, from the head coach on that. I, I, I think I'm I'm going the other way. I don't know why. Uh, there's no rhyme or reason to it. I think Freeman wins. I think Freeman, you know, shows that it's it's you know it's going to sort of crash the party, so to speak, a little bit. We we thought it was a lakeside, you know, lakeside Riverside type um, battle in the preseason, but I I, I like what the Scotties are go got going on. I like their coach. I like the fact that their defense has posted back to back shutouts. Um, they played some good football. I'm picking the Freeman Scotties in an upset, and I'm going to be really looking forward to an even bigger longer more emotional video on twitter next week coach coach ben cochran's got you on board todd <laughs> that's awesome i love it i love it i think riverside moves to five and oh hans freeman its first loss of the season setting up a really really solid matchup with lakeside nine mile falls who's also undefeated here in a couple weeks in mid-october riverside's got a great defense though uh, you know that's something that you know, they're really, really solid in the trenches. Looking uh, right now, peeking into at number seven in our Class 1A rankings. And so Freeman's got a big opportunity to show that up at this point in a league that I think is, you know, a lot stronger than, than a lot of people might think. So moving on to our last couple before we hit the uh, interview portion of this episode. 
on Alaska and Toledo. The Wyatt Neff Show continues at Toledo on Alaska, Marshall Haight. That's a big, big bus that Wyatt Neff drives. Is it big enough to uh, overtake the the Ani uh, dominance here in that league? Todd, what say you? Well, I covered this game last spring. I went down and watched Toledo give Ani a, a, a pretty good battle. And Ani has a lot of that cast back minus the quarterback. Um, Toledo graduated a ton, but seemed to, you know, they're scoring a, a lot more points than I think maybe people thought. And Wyatt Neff, you know, I, getting a chance to talk to him and hear him and his his leadership and his dedication to this program. Uh, it's a story I wrote and it's been told since about buying the van and making sure his teammates, he and his teammates can get to 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 get to to work out in Centralia. I think it's a fantastic story. Buys this bus from the school district for a couple hundred dollars and and uh, has been fixing it up. And it's, you know, good for Wyatt Neff, good for that Indians group. Mike Christensen, a really well-respected coach. I just think going to Ani, going to the pit, going against that team that's probably smarting from a, a, a game. It, it feels like it should have won last week against Tonino. We've, we've, we've shown the play where Haight was tackled at the one-inch line at the end of the first half. It would have probably given him a 21-6 to six lead at half. Probably changes that game's dynamics dramatically. Um, so Ani at one and two just seems a little weird to me. I don't think it's one and three. I think Ani, Ani wins. I think they, they win 35-21. I, I completely agree. I'm not going to offer a descending opinion on this game, uh, but I will direct any listener, if you haven't already, to go back into SB Live's top plays uh, from week four and go, go check out that Tenino chase down block uh, or chase down tackle at the end of halftime. Uh, after the, f- the halftime horn sounded, the clock was at zero, and Marshall Haight looked like he was headed into the end zone. Uh, Dylan Spicer pulls a DK Metcalf and stops him just shy of the goal, of the goal line. It's it's a harrowing play, and and let's talk about that game. How about Tenino goes at Eatonville? Eatonville, of course, uh, showed a dominant performance last week at Le Center, uh, 35-13, I believe, was the final. Uh, another test this week in, in a strong Tenino team, headlined by. Oregon State bound to Kari Hinkle. Can Tenino run the ball well? Uh, I, I think you know LeCenter might have showed a little blueprint last week, running for over 200 yards. Um, I don't think they can keep Eatonville off the field, though, and I think a lot that's going to be the problem for a lot of teams that play the Cruisers this year. I think the Cruisers win by a couple touchdowns, but Tenino's showing continues to turn heads. Todd, what do you have? I think Eatonville is going to put 15 guys in the box to try and stop Takari Hinkle. Uh, and I think I think the Oregon State commit's going to still get his yards, but Eatonville's certainly going to get its share of points. Win, oh, let's just say forty to seventeen at home against Tenino. Not that I don't like you guys down there. I think you guys are building something really good down there on the on the black turf. But uh, this is a Cruisers team that uh, has heard a little bit of the criticism. I think it's stung a little bit. You know, we're kind of we're kind of picking. You know pinholes at, at this cruisers team at sitting at number two and is the what we think is sort of the chief um, competition for Royal so um, I think the cruisers make a big statement at home on a Saturday afternoon in front of their uh, their rowdy fans well let me tell you this uh, something I didn't mention about Eatonville which has I mean a- a- any anything we're pointing out here is picking nits uh, on a team that is off to just a dominant start and has 
legitimate big big classification school, size in the trenches, as well as depth. But Gavin Crayer, like we talked about him a lot last week, head coach at Eatonville, who's done a tremendous job there, uh, you know, building a program, uh, you know, from the ground up, from the weight room culture to the way they conduct themselves before games, after games, off the field, everything. Uh, and that stood out last week. I forgot to mention this, but when I covered that game, Todd, I don't know if this has ever happened to you before. When I covered that game, just about every Eatonville player came and shook my hand and thanked thanked me for being there. And, you know, that's that, 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 it stood out. You know, it's, it's not something, as reporters, our job is to be a fly on the wall and just present what happened uh, to you, the reader. That those, it, it showed that those guys just kind of go the extra mile. Uh, and so that certainly stood out to me. Uh, I'm sure it would have stood out to you as well. Um, but lots, lots of things going well at Eatonville. I, well, I, I've had a couple programs I've covered over the years that have done that. Um, notably PLU with Frosty Westering. They were always kind of aware of, of the people around them and who was supporting them and being gracious for that. I've had more teams though, Andy, in my sports writing career, come up to me with a finger in my face going, I told you so you shouldn't pick against us. So, you know, I've had it from all spectrums, but a nice, uh, nice to see that uh, Gavin Kralik and that group, uh, given, given my, given my guy, Andy Bueller, a, a little bit of, a little bit of love and respect before the game and after the game, uh, in a, after a hard fought win over the center. Well, those aren't the only games across this state. You can follow along on SB lives scoreboard, statewide scoreboard, which updates, uh, those scores in real time. You can find that, as I said, at the site scorebooklive.com slash Washington or on the SB Live Sports app. That's it for picks for week five. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, Central Valley's Luke and Zach Abshire join. I want to take a moment to tell you about something really exciting for high school sports fans across the country. SB Live Sports has launched a free iPhone and Android app featuring the latest high school sports news here in Washington and across the country. With the SB Live Sports app, it's now even easier to follow your favorite team and tailor your experience to your interests. With real-time scores and news alerts, as well as video highlights, podcasts, photo galleries, rankings, game coverage, and much more, the app delivers on the content you want in one convenient place. The SB Life Sports app features exclusive content from on-the-ground reporters across the country, and it's the number one source for Washington high school sports fans with coverage from reporters Todd Millis, myself, Andy Bueller, as well as SB Live's preeminent basketball mind and recruiting expert Dan Dickow. The SB Live Sports app is available at no charge in the Apple App Store and Google Play Store. Download it today. All right, this is the SB Live Washington podcast. Welcome back to it. Really excited to welcome on these two guests. I, I want to say this is our first brother duo, but I, I, I might be mistaken. Um, but you guys can just wear that crown for now. Um, out of Central Valley, Luke and Zach Abshire. Gentlemen, thank you for joining me. How, how you guys doing? We're doing very good. Thank you for having us. Of course, of course. Um, so I, this is an audio medium, so we can't see the video here. But the first thing that stands out about you guys, and I'm sure you get this a lot, is you look a lot alike. You're not that far apart in age. You guys are less than two years apart, one grade apart. And Luke, you've got a nice clean cut of hair. And, and Zach, the, the lettuce is flowing, man. <laughs> I want to I, I want to ask you Zach to, to kick things off. Is your hair long 
to be the opposite of Luke or is, have you always had it long? Uh, I've, I've pretty much always had it long. There's a couple of times I've cut it shorter, but mostly, mostly long. Why, why the long hair? I don't know. I just, I like it that way. I'm used to it. Yeah, no kidding, man. And it's, it, it looks mean coming out of a helmet too. Um, yeah, that's what I've been told. <laughs> have you ever had it pulled on or anything by defenders? Yeah, all the time, all the time. Really? But, I mean, it doesn't hurt because the, the tightness of the helmet just kind of stops it. So I, I want to start with your guys' most recent game. You guys, of course, right now are, pre- are preparing for U-High this Friday, um, but you're coming off a really big win over Mount Spokane, uh, just a great 4A, 3A, Greater Spokane League clash. It's, it's, it seems like it's a great game every year. You guys are always at the top of the league. And this year was no exception. Uh, it was a you know, 21-19 CV win. And Mount Spokane recovers two onside kicks in the fourth quarter. And you guys are staring down. And, and I don't know if either, either of you were on the field. Maybe you were, Zach. But with 4.5 seconds left, you have one of the best kickers in the country, Texas A&M bound Ethan Machowski. Uh, he has a chance to win the game with a 60-yard field goal. And normally at the high school level, I mean, I, I, I don't know many programs who are even lining up to kick a field goal uh, from that length. But yeah, I, I, it, I have to imagine that you guys were sitting there from the sidelines on pins and needles. Um, what was that like? Uh, walk me through kind of what you guys are feeling with the game on the line with four and a half seconds left. Well, I remember I was just I was sitting there behind, like in the uh, toward the back of the line of the kids and I was just I was I was kind of kneeling down and I was sitting there next to my coach and I was like oh this kid can make it and I was just thinking to myself like man I know he made a 63 yarder last year to win the game and I'm sitting back there I'm like oh my goodness like this is so doable for this kid like oh man like I'm sweating I'm sweating rocks and I'm just freaking out and then I guess we'll go to you Zach uh when you see the kick and of course I mean, and I don't, I don't want to belabor the fact that Ethan missed that field goal. Uh, I'm sure he's beating himself up over it, uh, but, you know, something he's definitely capable of doing. But he didn't miss short. He missed wide. <laughs> Zach, what's going through your head when you see that kick uh, go off and just mayhem ensue? Yeah, at that time, I'm, like, screaming at the, at the people on the field. I'm like, we got to get this blocked or somehow. And, uh, and then he misses it and... Um, me and a couple other kids like run on the field, but I mean, we weren't supposed to, and then the coach started yelling at us, but we were pretty excited. Um, yeah, it's definitely pretty hard for the kicker, but I mean, us on the opposing end is, we were pretty excited for that. No question. Obviously a huge win for you guys. And, and going back, I mean, gosh, CV's had some great kickers over the years. Um, do you, do you guys remember that, uh, Land, it was, was it Landon Rico who had the 67 yarder? It was Austin Rico. Austin, that's right. Okay, do you do you guys were you at that game? You guys had to what have been in middle school? Is that right? I think I was in like fourth or fifth grade. I remember. Oh wow! Yeah, it was a long time ago. I don't. I wasn't at the game or anything, but I remember my, my dad was showing me the next morning. He's like, "Dude, this kid just broke the record for longest field goal kick at CV. It was like sixty-seven yards or whatnot." And it, it was pretty like it was pretty cool to like see the video of it all. And it, was, it was pretty cool. Well, it's it's funny too because uh, you know my my colleague reporter uh, Todd Millis for SB Live was talking to uh, Coach Butner earlier today and asking him basically the same question I'm asking you guys of like you know what's going through your head and he was actually in the booth um, up up in the in the press box uh, watching that kick and so got got a first uh, first hand view of it and you know. 
pretty pretty rare uh, rare air to have so many great kickers come through uh, the Greater Spokane League. But I guess that, that just kind of speaks to the strength of the league. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, Luke, in that game, your touchdowns were all um, you know long gains, twenty seven yards, thirty five, fifty five. Um, and that's how you guys kept Mount Spokane off balance all night was through those big plays. And I'm just wondering how much leeway do you have in the offense and how do you know based on your reads when it's time to take a shot downfield? Well, I just kind of, I'm like, I, uh, I'm able to go talk to coach after like our drive. So like something is working. I'm just my coach is pretty well for me on the, on the field and just being able to see it on the field gives a, gives another view to what my coach can see as well. So it's just kind of like, Oh man, they're starting to play up. Or on third downs, they're blitzing the house. So this slant behind the linebackers will be wide open, and just just that kind of stuff. Being able to see on the field, and then going off the field to talk to coach afterwards. Part of that too has to be just confidence. Obviously, it's the understanding of the offense, and it's the connection with your coach. But confidence in, in your ability to make the throw. And Coach Butner had an interesting quote uh, to the spokesman review after the game, where he. He said that you he, he felt, he felt like your timing might have been a little bit off in, in recent weeks. Um, just to be able, I mean, you threw for almost 300 yards and three touchdowns in, in your guys' biggest game of the season yet. Um, going through that and, and kind of going through a slump where, you know, you know you, things, things might not be clicking, things might not feel right. Um, to be able to kind of break through that in such an emphatic way, what's that like? And how are you able to kind of, uh, you know, keep battling and, and break through when, when things might not be going your way? Um, just knowing that, like, just, just like putting everything behind me, you know, it's like, it's like uh, you have to have short-term memory loss as a quarterback. It's like one thing bad happens, it's like you got to put it behind you and go to the next play. And even if something good happens, you still got to keep a level head and just keep going at one play at a time and just staying within yourself and not get, not letting your highs get too high and your lows be too low. Yeah. Yeah, Luke, you've played for uh, Coach Butner now for f- four years, and while well, you're in your fourth year, what's your guys' relationship like now in year four, now that, you know, you know the ropes a lot better and you've got the keys to the Ferrari? Uh, they're pretty good, you know, just being able to, like, have that, like, just that uh, relationship that, like, uh, quarterback and coach should have, just that, uh, just being able for him to trust me and me to trust him on uh, every play that's going to be called, and in trusting me, I'm making the right reads and the right throws. So you guys are fairly close in age. You both play the same sport. Uh, let's start with you, Zach. What was it like growing up, being involved in some of the same stuff, and, and having each other to kind of go through it with? Yeah, um, it was pretty cool. Growing up, um, I was so my age. I was in a like I guess in Pop Warner, it would be like a class lower or whatever because there were like tiny mites, mighty mites, junior pee wee. So Luke, the first year that we started the team, I played with Luke. And then the next year we kind of split off because of the age difference. So, but it was growing up. It was really cool. Every year we got our pads and I was like, we should go in the backyard and just like mess around with each other and stuff. So it was fun. But um, yeah, the team is, yeah, we got to play for one year. So Zach, have you been Luke's receiver for as long as you can walk then? No, actually in um, Pop Warner, I was also a quarterback. Oh, is that right? Okay. So I tried to take after him, but when did that when did that change? When did you kind of settle into to the position you play now, which is which is running back and a little linebacker? Yeah. So in middle school, um, I started back up in eighth grade. I kind of stopped football for a little bit, and I started back up in eighth grade. And um, we was talking with my dad, and I was like, I don't think I'm going to be quarterback this year. And he's like, 
well, you got some speed behind you. Maybe you should try some running back. And then and he's like, yeah, you can hit hard. And I was like, okay. So we tried out that year and I, I guess, yeah, I just went from there. All right. So you guys have got to be honest with me. So growing up, I, I have a brother and we played a ton of pickup basketball in the driveway. More often than not, those games would end in tears. <laughs> Uh, how competitive are the two of you uh, through sports and outside of sports? Oh, we're, we're real competitive in anything we do, pretty much. It's like, oh, who can get to school first or who gets home first or just everything we do is just real competitive. And, uh, but it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a lovely uh, competitiveness. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I remember there was the, there was like when we would watch NFL on Sundays, we would play this game with our dad and it was just like, it was called the interception game, but it was just like he would just throw the ball and basically I would guard him and then he would guard me or something like that. But so yeah, it was just fun. Um, do you guys still compete now that you're on the same team? I mean, when one of you guys busts off a long run, do you feel like do Luke? Do you feel like you have to you know throw it downfield or I mean, is there is do you guys take stock after after games? Because you both have had some good games this year. Oh yeah, it's always funny because like in like. In our offense, we have like a uh, read option play that we run. It's like every time I pull it, it's always like, oh, you just stole a long breath play from your brother. Or, oh, you stole a touchdown. It's like, I'm just joking, but it's just, it's just, it's just funny. It's like when that happens, it's like, oh, I should have, oh, you did it. And then, then he's all laughing about it. So. Luke, what, what's it been like to, to watch your brother emerge this year? I mean, you know, Zach had 20, you know, like, like a 78 yard game earlier. I think it was against LC, um, you know, seeing his first touchdown. Um, what, what's it been like, you know, going through the last couple of years and, and you kind of get ingratiated with the offense uh, a couple of years ago as a sophomore, and then especially in the spring. Um, and then now to, to see your brother kind of do the same thing. Yeah, it's been super special. You know, it's something that you like, you know, you kind of take for granted at the time and uh, my parents have always been like, man, this is going to be something special, you know, uh, just all the way up since he was a freshman. It's like, man, you guys can play together your senior year. And then, so it never really hit me until our first game, we scored the first touchdown. I was like, wow, like I'm playing with my little brother. And this is something that most people do not get experience. So just seeing him play at the level that he's playing is really, really special. Well, just know that however cool it, or however cool you guys feel like it is, I'm sure your parents feel the same way tenfold watching from the stands um are, are both of your parents uh huge football fans yeah yeah they both are my dad played high school football and my my grandpa was a high school football coach so my dad has been around the game for as long as he can remember and then my mom's just always up there in the stands cheering for us and after the games it's always like oh you guys played so well and giving us big hugs and it's it's pretty awesome zach as a running back how did you develop a running style um, and is, is, were there running backs that you watched growing up that you tried to pattern yourself off of? Um, honestly, I haven't really, like, I didn't really pay attention to it, um, uh, being a running back in my earlier years because I was a quarterback a couple years, but, um, just like seeing the older kids, like, um, a couple years ago, Hunter Tchaderowski, he was a really good running back. Um, so just looking up to him and I guess some NFL running backs. So yeah, just, just trying to be the best I can. You guys um, are sitting here at, at uh, with a pretty good record at this point. Um, as far as how you guys view the season and what you hope to accomplish, um, where are your expectations? And you know, especially coming off a big win last week, um, you know, how do you feel like 
you know, the momentum is within the program right now? Uh, I feel like our momentum's uh, doing pretty well, you know, to come off that big win helps and just keeping our, uh, keeping our expectations high and just keeping, uh, just keeping our hopes alive, you know, just being able to keep playing and our big game against prep is coming up. So just being able to mentally prepare and just uh, keep the momentum going into that game. How do you guys approach a week like this? Cause I, you know, I, I can imagine it's like you, no part of you wants to overlook an opponent and that's never something that, that ends up boding well for any team, uh, no matter how good you are. Um, you come into a game, got a lot of guys lining up, uh, up across the line of scrimmage, um, you know, probably know who you guys are and, and you're pretty familiar with being district rivals. Um, how do you prepare for this game this week, knowing that maybe the game of the year in the GSL is two weeks out? You know, I, I, uh, I tell the team every, every week, you know, it's just like, we want to know every week, you know, never want to look back on the, on the week past and be all down or even happy about it. And just go into that week and go want to know every week and uh, uh, take every moment as it is. So just take every game at a, one game at a time and never overlook an opponent and just focus on that opponent. Cause then the next week, that's who you're going to focus on to go one and know. So last question I'll ask you about the Mount Spokane game, Zach, describe that bus ride back from brand new shiny union stadium after that game last friday yeah so we were pulling out and we were just out like there were a couple kids on the bus that were just like wow this is a great stadium like great field and i was like yeah and we just beat them on that field and it just felt so good like we were just everyone was just chattering all the way home i, I was kind of tired myself so i kind of like dozed off a little bit but i could hear everybody they were just so excited and just having a blast. So we have a story coming out about this soon, uh, but it's something that's already been really well documented. Um, you guys both grew up with your linebacker, Brandon Thomas. Um, many know Brandon's story, but for those who don't, he's returned to the field this season after a battle with cancer that cost him his right foot. He's wearing a prosthetic. It was a long journey that, um, you know, was, was a, is a harrowing one, um, that, that he's overcame. And before the amputation, uh, and cancer, he was an all GSL linebacker as a sophomore, um, his journey back to the field, the determination to fight cancer for as long as he did during a pandemic. And just to make this miraculous comeback playing with a prosthetic has been nothing short of amazing as, as a teammate. Um, what's it been like watching your close friend go through it's, this? It's been, uh, been something really, really special, you know, I've been best friends with Brandon for like since middle school, sixth grade. So just growing up with him and just being friends with him, he's just the greatest kid. And then, then last year I remember him getting a call about him having osteosarcoma and it just kind of, just kind of shook everyone's world. And, uh, but seeing him be able to just battle back the way he has never, never losing his uh, lovely smile and laugh that he has never been, never getting down on himself and just always staying up. has just been super inspirational to everyone. You know, it's just like, just, just that's our reason to keep fighting when we're tired or someone else just keep fighting, keep doing it for Brandon. It's just kind of what I think about. Uh, I remember when Luke and him were in Pop Warner's playing together, like in growing up in middle school. So it's, I've just been seeing it kind of from the sideline a little bit, but uh, yeah, it's been really inspirational just seeing him and, and like every little tiny injury that I have, I'm just like, well, he's probably going through that a lot worse than I did. So it's just super, it's like motivational and, it's pretty cool to see that. No kidding. Um, well, I, I, you know, I was struck when I, I sat down with him a couple weeks ago, just at his positive outlook on literally everything. <laughs> and, 
you know, this, this obviously being chief among them, but really appreciate your guys' time. Uh, you guys play university at home, 7 PM this Friday. You guys are on a two week home stretch with a big one against Gonzaga prep, uh, two weeks out. Zach and Luke Abshire, thank you so much uh, for being with me today. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you so much for having us. This podcast is brought to you by SB Live Sports, your national hub for high school sports news and information. Subscribe for free wherever you get podcasts. If you do it on Apple Podcasts, please leave us a rating and a review to help us best serve you, the listener. You can find our website at scorebooklive.com slash Washington. There you'll see news, features, highlights, podcasts, and everything in the world of high school sports across this state. As always, a big shout out to our sponsor, Washington Federal. Thanks to Dan Dickow and Todd Millis for bringing the heat every week. This song you're hearing is by the band Woodrow. It's called So Far Away. It's written by James Schroeder, Carl Johnson, and my dad, Matt Bueller. I'm Andy Bueller. We'll be back next week.